Tonight we start a new class on Wednesday nights called the Hall of Faith. Has anyone ever been to a Hall of Fame before of any kind? Where have you been? The National Football Hall of Fame. Okay, I got a picture of that coming up soon. Uh, who will? Who else? Country Music Hall of Fame. Country Music Hall of Fame. Uh, you'll likely never see me in there, but uh, <laughs> not, not, a, not taking offense. Just that's just not my thing. Okay, that's in Nashville. Yeah. yeah, and yours is in Canton, Ohio. Correct. They also have a banjo hall of fame downtown. And I'm wanting to a banjo hall of fame downtown. It must be hard to get tickets to that in Oklahoma City, huh? Yeah, it's it's difficult. Uh, who else? Other Hall of Fames? Yeah. We, have the Hall of we do the Softball Hall of Fame. Been there. Love to go to those games. Yeah. I've been to the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. Okay, St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame in St. Louis. So if you've been to a Hall of Fame, you kind of get the imagery, I would imagine, of walking in this place where you see accomplishments and trophies and plaques with people's picture on it, uh, celebrating their uh, their achievements, their accomplishments, something about them, the way they impacted a certain field or activity. And we're going to talk about that somewhat spiritually this this chapter, or this quarter, I, I mean. This is in Canton, Ohio. You went to the NFL Football Hall of Fame. So to honor these individuals, uh, a certain selection is made each year. There's only a certain number of people who can get in, and they get a bronze uh, head. That's their, that's their trophy, in a way, get a bronze head. If that was you, don't you hope they get your face right? Um, you know, I know for me, they can't really mess my hair. But imagine if you're one of those guys with long, flowing hair. You're like, I hope you get it just right. I hope Because this is people are going to see this for as long as life goes on. So uh, that's the NFL Football Hall of Fame if you ever go to Canton, Ohio. Uh, this is hard to find a good picture. This is the NBA uh, Hall of Fame. This is in, I think it's Springfield, Massachusetts, where Dr. James Naismith is from. He's the one that invented basketball. Uh, it's, it's surrounded by a basketball court, this big facility, but they have a hall of honor and what you can't see there very well, but those are names engraven on glass. And so those select individuals who've impacted the game of basketball, they have their name written down for them. Uh, there's more. Uh, this is, any guesses? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So this is in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, once again, select group of people. They get their signature. Uh, on their year. So if you go to Cleveland, Ohio, and you want to go see all the bands from when you were a kid, uh, or just and growing up further, you know, they, they honor them by they all get their name on a plaque. There's Jimi Hendrix, there's Pearl Jam, there's Metallica, there's you go down the list, some bands you know of, some bands you're like, who did you just say? Um, doesn't matter. And then one more you might not think about is there's the Hollywood Walk of Stars. That's a weird one, though, because I read there was 2,762 stars. They're getting the third, they're getting the 70 or 63rd one this week. It's Mark Anthony. I don't, I guess being a celebrity is the requirement. They, Mike's like, they let anyone have a, have a star these days. Mickey Mouse has a star. I don't know if that like gets passed down to the person in that costume over time, but everyone has a star. Anyway, we honor people. Uh, we give them recognition for what they've accomplished. Uh, we get this idea of honoring. And in this quarter, what we're going to do is we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11. If you don't, if you have a Bible, turn to there. Because sometimes we refer to this chapter as the, the hall of fame of faith, or as we've titled it this quarter, the hall of faith. Sometimes people talk about it as the heroes of faith. And we'll explain a little bit why. Um, 
But what we have listed for us is individual after individual, all Old Testament characters who model and exemplify what it looks like to trust God with your life. What it looks like to live by faith. And we're not studying the book of Hebrews this quarter. Um, You know, it's hard to go through one chapter where 17 or 18 names are mentioned of people if you really want to dive into their story. Uh, It's hard to do that in 13 weeks for a book. So we're going to spend a quarter just looking at these individuals. And my hope is that you'll come to know what it looks like to live by faith. Not simply define it, not just to be familiar with their story, but what does it look like practically to live, uh, live by faith, to trust God in your everyday life. And while we're not studying the book of Hebrews, I, I do think it's good for us to understand the background and context of this chapter if we're going to spend a whole week or a whole quarter in it. So instead of me telling you about Hebrews for 20 minutes, I, I want to show you this video um, it's eight minutes long. It's from a YouTube channel called The Bible Project. You might be familiar with it. They, they do animated stuff. I, once again, I don't know all of their beliefs, but they do a really good job, I think, of if you want to know about a book of the Bible in a short amount of time, I think they do a pretty good job about it. So this is eight minutes and 20 seconds about Hebrews, and just to give you an idea of where we're at in this book and why it's written. So I'll start that. Well, there's Mickey Mouse for you. Uh, but I'll start that, and then I'll get back up in a moment. Um, He's a little more concise, I think, than I would be. He did that in eight minutes. Um, I don't know if that's your thing. Uh, if you ever wonder, you know, what's a book of the Bible about? They do some pretty cool videos like that. They're pretty uh, just succinct um, and easy to understand. And as somebody who cannot draw a stick figure, that's impressive to me. So uh, maybe that's your thing. Maybe that helps you learn a little bit, keeps your attention better. Great. If not, just we're just trying something. But anyway, the idea of Hebrews is... You know, he's warning them, hey, Jesus is better. He is superior. Don't turn away. Don't go back to Judaism. Don't, don't let persecution lead you anywhere else. Stick with him. Be faithful. Uh, here's why. He encourages them. He warns them over and over again. But in Hebrews chapter 11, these individuals that we're going to see listed, they are the examples of why you should remain faithful, but also what faith looks like. And this is, these are the physical examples of who he's calling you to be and what he's calling you to do. And so um, they would all know these stories in the Old Testament, um, the people who are listening, because they're a Jewish audience. Uh, For us, we know many of them, you know, if we grow up in Bible class at a church, uh, maybe. But for some of these people, you might not know them very well. And so what I'd like to do this quarter is go through some of these individuals to see what does faith uh, look like. I would like to simply read this chapter together. Paul told Timothy, uh, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. I don't think that means just a verse every once in a while, but like, let's take a text and read it. So I would like for us to read Hebrews 11 in its entirety tonight. And so if you want to follow along with me, um, I'm going to try to read it. But if I start getting a tickle in my throat, I'm going to point to help. Okay, so just be ready. Uh, But start with me in Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. 
Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Though through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did not receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child... Uh, that the child was beautiful, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured refusing to accept release 
so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. We'll read three more, two more verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What phrase did you hear over and over again in that chapter? By faith, and one time you get through faith, depending on your translation. Uh, 20 times, by faith or through faith. Um, If there is a hall of faith, what's the requirement to get in? It's faith. It's 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 your trust in God. Um, now, don't understand. It wasn't about how large their faith was. It wasn't about how strong their faith was. It was about who their faith was in. Remember what Jesus told his disciples: If you had faith of a mustard seed, you could do what? You could move a mountain. See, it wasn't about the size, but it was about do you have faith in he, in me? And for these individuals. Not all of their faith is the same. Some have larger faith. Some have smaller faith. Some are asked to do incredibly huge things. And some other ones, they seem a little smaller, don't they? Um, But yet it was about, do they have faith? Are they willing to trust to live their life um, for me? Are they willing to put everything they know uh, and do uh, for me? Uh, We're going to learn how to live by faith from people who live by faith. Uh, How many of you have ever heard that phrase, show me, don't tell me? How many of you learn better when you see somebody do something versus reading it in a book? Okay, that's a majority of you. Uh, we do girls huddle here. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, that's our youth group girls. They all meet, and typically some older woman, uh, sometimes a guy teaches them something for their life. And I know, Marty, you taught them some, some things in the car recently, right? Marty didn't say, all right, everyone come meet up, and he didn't give them a handbook. You know, he didn't give them a changing tires for dummies. I'm sure they sell that, by the way. But, no, he said he probably did it with them, is my imagination. They made a cake recently. I'm pretty sure they weren't just given a piece of paper and the, and the woman said, all right, have fun. No, let me show you how it's done. In the same way, for faith, one of the ways we learn faith is by seeing it in action. And that's true in your own life, isn't it? How many of us learned faith through what we've witnessed in other people. I'm sure we could go around this room and I could ask you, who's your hero of faith in your own life? And you could give me a few answers. Some of you could maybe give me people in this very room that have impacted you, that have taught you how to live with a trust in God. And the same idea is what we're trying to accomplish this quarter, is to look at these individuals and say, okay, what does it really mean to live by faith? Um, you know, our goal isn't to memorize a definition of faith, as much as it is to understand what it means to live by it. Uh, Faith is much more than a belief and a mindset or a worldview. For a lot of people, we say we're people of faith. What does that even mean? When we say that, I'm a person of faith, what do we typically mean? 
Or what does the world typically mean when people say that? I'm religious, right? Which means what? Yeah, I go to church somewhere, or I mentally agree with a few aspects of this worldview, or I think a certain way. And let me just ask you this question. As you read that, does that seem to be the definition of faith in that chapter? No, because what is, what is missing that's in this chapter that wouldn't be there? Christ. What did you say? Actions, right? Notice something. Go Look back at verse 4. By faith, Abel what? Okay, skip down to verse, uh, verse 8. By faith, Abraham... Obeyed. Look at verse 6. By faith Noah, skip a few lines, in reverent fear constructed. What you'll notice from a majority of these individuals as it lists them, it's by faith, by trust, they did something. You're going to see verb after verb after verb. Past tense. Faith is more than just up here. Which in our world where we say, you know, I'm a person of faith. You know, it's really easy for us to claim faith today because all we have to do is show up a few times a week, check off a couple acts of worship as we call them or as we try to describe that, and we say, I I have faith. But there's much more to faith than that. Those things aren't bad or wrong, but there's much more to faith than simply a mindset or a a worldview. I I went to John Bella's house recently, and he grilled. And I'll tell you, he can grill, okay? It was good. But as I go out there, you know, you know how I know he's grilling? Smoke. You know how we can tell if we have faith? What's produced in our life? We should see it in actions. And that's what we see here with these people. And so for them, it wasn't about the size of their faith, but you see that they have faith based off the actions they have in their life, based off how they trust. And uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse, look at verse 1 through 3. If you underline in your Bible, that's a key verse. Uh, at the beginning of this chapter, and it's something we will go back to often uh, in this study. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. And by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. You know, that's a great definition of faith. It's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Uh, you know, that what that means is the context for faith is a life in which things are hoped for, but they're not yet possessed or seen. That's the world we live in with faith, right? We, we hope and we long for something, but we don't really possess it fully or see it. And what faith does is it grasps things that are promised by God, but are so far unfulfilled in our experience. Uh, we hope for power. In the midst of weakness, we hope for peace in the midst of our conflicts. We hope for joy in our life, in the presence of sorrow. And for all these reasons, God's people require faith to persevere in a difficult world. Because we walk this life, and it's difficult, isn't it? And we have sorrows and troubles and difficulties, and it takes faith to see the things that maybe we can't see in our world. It takes being able to trust in something we cannot see. And for these individuals, what you'll find, I would think, in most of them, is every single one of them endured hardship. They all had trials and tests, and they suffered. I mean, if, if you go back and look at the end, I, it's interesting how he just throws all these people in, in at the end. 
He doesn't even name them. These people who were, did you catch some of those things? They were sawn in two. You know, they, they were afflicted. They were beaten. All, all, and he's just throwing it. Every single one of these people had problems or sufferings or trials. What got them through it? What helped them to endure? It's faith. It was a faith. It was trust that led them to do that. And so faith is how we receive the blessings God gives. It's, it's how we receive forgiveness. It's how we receive peace. It's how we receive spiritual provision. It, what he'll say, it's how we receive a city with foundations. It takes trust on our part. And so we're going to study people who lived by the promises of God and his word even when they couldn't see it on earth. Now, why is it important for us to understand um, what faith is and how to live by faith? You know, why is that so important? We'll look at verse 2. For by it being faith, the people what? What does that mean? They receive their commendation. What does that mean in our own language? I don't know how often we say, say that phrase. What? I, th- I think you had it. They were honored in a way. Okay. No. Approval, right? It's by faith that God approved of them. It's by faith that God recognized them. This is what it takes. If, if we want to hear, you know, well done, my good and. Hey, there's a word. It's pretty key. It takes faith. Well, look at verse 6. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, that's faith, and that he rewards those who seek him. Let's skip down to verse 13 through 16. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God's not ashamed to call to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. I love that phrase or this idea. They all died in faith, not having received received the things that are promised. The end of verse or verse one and verse three show this idea that. Faith is what helps us to see that which we cannot see. How many of you believe there is enough evidence for you to trust that there is a God, that what he says is real, all of that kind of stuff? How many believe there is enough sufficient evidence to believe? I don't disagree with that whatsoever. But let's also understand this. Faith causes us to believe in that which we cannot see. Things that... We don't have rational explanations for, per se. I mean, think about some of the examples we're going to look at. Abraham, I want you to go to a land I've promised you that you've never seen before. Just go. Noah, it's going to rain. And he's like, I'm sorry, what's rain? Hey, build a boat. I don't know if there was a boat before this time, but I bet you there wasn't a boat that was bigger than a football field. And you're like, what rational person would believe that? But it was their trust in God that caused them to see the things that Others could not see. Faith causes us to have spiritual eyes. And that's something I hope we'll start to see in this, in this quarter. Is it changes the way we see things. These promises that we haven't grasped yet. We can see them because we have faith. For these individuals, it says they, res- 
They died in faith not having received the promise. None of these individuals ever got to meet the Messiah in person. They didn't see the coming of Jesus, the fulfillment of that promise. Now, we stand on the other side of that, don't we? We're not a Jew, so it doesn't make as much sense to us. But we've seen the Messiah. He's come. We understand, hey, he's fulfilled all of this story. We, we have the whole entire word in which he, he has given to us. But we've, we know God has come. But yet, aren't there some things we have not seen too? Aren't there some promises of God that you and I have not seen? What would those be? <laughs> Heaven. Heaven. Okay, Holy Spirit, there's, there's a whole, you know, there's that idea. What else did you say? Was there another one right here? No, I said heaven. Oh, heaven? He beat you to it. No. He beat you to it. The glorified body. Hey, what about the resurrection? You know, in some way, they didn't see it ha- these things happen yet. For us, the issue is some of it already happened, and we weren't there. And so we have to believe based off the promises of God. It just, it's, it's a reverse timeline in a way. Um, but the glorified body, the, the next resurrection that's coming. What's this eternal life going to be like? Is God really going to come and, and do all of these things he claims to do? That takes someone who can see the things that you don't see physically on this earth. I mean, yeah. And we, for one, we... Struggle to even comprehend that. Um, there's a lot to that. But it's a society of that's a promise that we don't see it. But yet all of us long for it. And we think about it. And we put our hope and our faith probably in these promises. But in order to have faith, you have to be able to have full confidence in things you cannot see. And we're going to study some of these ideas uh, this quarter. I do want to make one clarification. We're calling it the Hall of Faith. Um, you know, it's like a hall of fame in a way. But I want you to understand this. These people aren't mentioned in this one chapter because we can't be like them. That is not the point. Let me give an example. So if you go to the NBA Hall of Fame, that's a picture of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, he's uh, won an MVP and an NBA title. He is, they call him the Greek freak. I'm not being mean. He's just that athletic. He's that long. They have a bunch of stuff like this. You can go and see Michael Jordan jumping, and you can try to jump and see if you compare. And if you're like me and you go there, you know what you realize really quickly? I can never be like any of these people, let alone Mike. That was the old phrase. You want to be like, yeah, you know what everyone learned, by the way? You can't. Uh, the The whole point of this, though, is, you know, we go to those things and we say, I can't be like those people. At least, at least not, I don't think so. Um, now, maybe some people you know are that talented or that great at something. Maybe you know a musician, you're like, he's that good. He could go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But I think for a majority of us common folk, it's like, I can never be. I can never be that. Do not take that mindset towards this chapter. Because that is the opposite point of what the Hebrew writer's trying to say. He's trying to say, look, these are heroes of the faith to you. And they're in your hall of faith in a way. But you can be just like them. That's his point. In fact, he's telling you, I want you to be like these people. You can live by faith. You can can do all of these incredible things or have a simple life where you trust in God and whatever he calls you to do, you can be like these people. This wasn't meant to elevate Moses or Noah or Abraham or Rahab or Sarah. It was to show an example of what faith looks like and that we can live that way too. Look at Hebrews 12. 
You can tell that this is the case because of verse 1 and 2. Would somebody read uh, verse 1 and 2 out loud? Hope for the conviction of the no, I'm sorry. Oh, chapter 12. Chapter 12. Chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, since we are therefore surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I, I was watching some highlights on YouTube last week of the World Championships for track and field. They were held in Budapest. Um, the one highlight I watched, it was the USA women versus, well, there were seven other teams, but it was really just USA versus Jamaica. It was a four by... Uh, 100 relay. So they run one lap and they pass the baton four times in that one lap. And uh, for the last 20 years, the only two teams to win are Jamaica and USA. So if you show up and you're not Jamaica or USA, it's like, thanks for coming. There's a participation trophy. Enjoy your trip, but you're not winning. And, uh, but what's cool is, you know, the gun goes off and the people get loud. But every time they pass the baton, the crowd gets a little louder. If you're a track and field mom or dad, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Because when they hit the home stretch, it's like pandemonium in the place. Everyone stands up. You kind of see everyone rise. And they're watching this final sprint. And they're going, they're going crazy, right? They're just, running loud. they're just yelling louder and louder and louder. And I'm telling you that because here's the idea the Hebrew writer saying. To these people and now for us, you have started a race in Jesus in which there are people cheering you on. And he says, the people cheering you on are the people we're studying about this quarter. I just want you to get an idea in your head of this. Imagine Moses and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and these people looking at you saying, I've walked and lived by faith and my time is up, but now I'm watching you do it. And now I'm a fan of you because we look at these people. Aren't we fans of these individuals? I mean, Jesus is the one we adore and worship, but we're, we're kind of fans of these people. And he's saying they look at you now. And they are, they're trying to encourage you to stay faithful and to live by faith. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, a witness testifies. What he's saying here is these people still speak. Their example is calling to you. They're trying to encourage you to, to run the race, endure whatever's going on in your life, to continue following Jesus. And so they're cheering you on. And that's a, for me at least, that's a cool idea to think about. That these people are now cheering me on to live by faith. And they're testifying to us. And what they're saying is, hey, it's possible. You can do it. And we're hoping you will. Take our, take our life, take the way we did it, and imitate that faith. But he says, look to Jesus. And I'll save that for the last week of class. Because it's pretty cool how he says, faith is the conviction of things not seen. And then he ends it with, so fix your eyes upon Jesus. Here's what I'm going to ask of you this quarter. I want you to do two things for me. Uh, one of them you have to do the rest of the weeks. And one of them I need your help with tonight. Uh, anytime you learn something about what faith is, I, would you write it down for me? I'm not asking you to carry a journal. Some of you take notes, and I know you do that. You don't have to write it in your Bible, per se. But if you take notes on your phone, just like a quote, if there's something that's like, man, that was good, would you write it down? I'd like to compile a list of, hey, what is faith? What's it look like? How, what is it? Um, 
How can we live it out practically? So anytime you find something about what faith is, whether small, big, large, from any person in this class, would you write it down so we can have those at the end of class? Okay, here's the second one. A quarter is 13 weeks, and we just took up one week, and there's like 17 individuals in this chapter. I'm not going to try to teach all 17. I'm not going to throw two people together just because. If there's a small one, maybe we can do two. But here's what I want you to do tonight. I'm going to list off some names, and you have five votes. But these votes are for the individuals you are least interested in studying. Okay, no offense to this person, okay? But maybe you've heard their story a lot, and you're like, okay, maybe it's, hey, I I love David, but I hear about David a lot. Who's this Jephthah guy? It might be that you go, you know, Jephthah, I'm not really into your story. Um, But you get five votes. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down the list of names. And I want you to raise your hand five times. Okay? You get f- I know. I'm asking a lot of you. You've got to raise your hand five times. We're doing a CrossFit workout. It's crazy. Hey, I've seen our kids do Father Abraham. I'm not asking you to do that. Okay? So, um, there are 16 people. I'll, I'll give you a number to name. First one is Enoch. If you don't want to study Enoch, raise your hand. By the way, don't feel bad if you really don't want to. Okay? All right. Uh, number two is Abel. Number three... Okay, yeah, I'll do this. Okay, here's a list. Ready? It's Enoch, Abel, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel. That's the list. That's 16 individuals. You got to choose five that you're like, I'm kind of out on. I'd rather, I'd rather study the other 11. I wanted to give you a little say-so in this class, okay? So if it backfires, that's on you, because you chose it. So, um, Don't you put them on a wheel and spin it. Yeah, wheel and spin it. I mean, we could do that, but I don't know what, how, what kind of example that sets for the future. Um, who's the teacher tonight? I'm kidding. Uh, so, and I'm just going to kind of gauge by what I see, but, okay, first one was Enoch. Second one was Abel. Third one was Noah. Are we supposed to raise your hand? Raise your hand if, if, it's, if it's one of your five people you're least interested in studying. So quite a number of people are like, hey, I've heard Noah quite a bit. Okay. Uh, Abraham. Abraham has two sections in here. Man, are you guys going to try to take the two favorite ones on this whole thing? Okay. Um, this is backfiring already. Sarah. Okay, I see how it is. You said no to Abraham, but yes to Sarah. Okay. Uh, Isaac. Uh, Jacob. Okay, a couple. Joseph. Some of you look kind of embarrassed to say yes. It's okay. Joseph's not going to yell at you after class. Okay, kind of. Moses. Mm. Okay, so we are at, we're like, hey, we've heard those people. Give us the other ones. Rahab, Gideon, Barak, <laughs> got two, okay, Samson, mm. okay, Jephthah. Je- oh, yeah, thank you for letting me do Jephthah. You've raised your hand like 37 times, and I've only called seven people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, David, David. Okay, so a number for David. And then last is Samuel. 
I know we just did first, second Samuel, so some of these. Okay. So you're going to, I know for sure you're taking away from me Noah, Abraham, and Moses. I'm mad at all of you. I might not come back next week. Um, I might have to find a way to throw some of their points in regardless. Anyway, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Thank you for being here. I just wanted to introduce you to that tonight, so uh, we'll keep going with that next week. Appreciate you.